تجمعنا سفرة بيت مهنان تفتح مساجدنا ونتلو فيها القرآن حيروح كورونا ويجي رمضان أيا حلو أمسليني يا شهر الصوم تكفجيني جينا نهنيكم وين ردد يا يا رب حيروح كورونا ويجي رمضان إذا فرقنا كورونا رمضان يجمعنا وكل عام وانتم بخير Welcome to another episode of the Avan Chronicles podcast. This episode is our first episode in our new Ramadan series called One or Three Dates. Timid dates, not date date. <laughs> Actual eating dates. This episode is going to be all about our plans and our preparation for Ramadan this year. On this episode, you have Istahil and Hafsa and Ikran. As usual, whenever we're doing a Ramadan episode, in the beginning, we always start out with what does Ramadan mean to us and what we have learned in past Ramadans. So, I mean, I could I could start off. Um, Ramadan is a difficult time for me depending on, um, and it's, it's difficult to explain what it means to me depending on what year it is. Um, normally, like generically, it's supposed to be a time for like self-reflection and self-betterment and, you know, um, boosting your iman and all of that. But always like in the beginning of Ramadan, I go through this thing where I kind of look back as to how I've been that year. And is how it's different from previous years, you know, have I hit a, a religious low or am I doing better? And like lately, like it's been a bit hard for me because I feel like I'm not at the level that I would have been at a few years ago and I'm just on a downhill. So it's kind of like um, a difficult uh, thing to think of in a spiritual sense sometimes. And it kind of is like it's a moment where I look at myself and I'm honest with myself and I tell myself like you've flopped on this and you've done amazing on that. Um, and sometimes things I flopped on, the pile that I flopped on is bigger than the pile of things that I've, you know, done well. So in that sense, like, it's 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 that spiritual reflection. And then the other thing about Ramadan for me is that it's it's all about family. That's the biggest thing. Um, the time where, um, you know, we're all at home. We're not really going out as much as we do regularly, day to day, all of our meals. When was the last time, like, you had a meal with your whole family? That only really happens, for me anyways, during Ramadan. Um, and that's been different the last few years because I've been living away from home and I've been working and all of that. But those are the two biggest things for Ramadan for me. Like it's about the spirituality and the um, self-reflection and, you know, the family time. That's 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 what I think of when I think about Ramadan. Uh, sorry, I feel like I relate to a lot of the things you said, because to me as well, Ramadan is like that yearly, like you have to look at yourself in the mirror and actually reflect on what you're doing. And it's the if I'm being honest, it's the only time of the year where I'm truly honest with myself about like, you know, my what have what I have achieved throughout the year, because it's really hard the, the kind of lifestyles we live. It's really hard for me to hold myself accountable during the year. And it's like, you know what? When Ramadan comes, I'll make up for it. It's it's kind of bad, but it's what I do every year. It's like when Ramadan comes, I'll make up for everything I didn't get to do this year and everything, you know. But throughout the years, I feel like Ramadan has also like the idea of Ramadan has evolved for us. At this point, the, like the age I'm at right now, it's not the same as what it used to be when I was a kid. And like when you're talking about family values and all that stuff, I feel like you kind of you change your, your idea of Ramadan or what you expect from Ramadan changes throughout the years. For me, I'd say Ramadan is kind of 
just say, basically like honestly just reiterating what you guys said about you know being with family i think this is the first ramadan i'm in canada with my family so um some of my family members are here so i feel like it might be uh different compared to the past few years so i'm happy and excited for that but also just kind of i think i always consider ramadan a time to try to develop good habits um, for or, uh, unfortunately i've been guilty of kind of like trying to develop habits and then as soon as ramadan ends kind of slowly falling off and then trying again again like the next ramadan so i think it's about developing good habits I w- this year i've been trying to kind of um start now so I'll try to do some things that i want to like get used to during ramadan and i've been kind of starting now and so i guess just trying to develop good habits and work on my spirituality I think last year I was at a point in my life where I think in in the episode even I said I just want to get through the Ramadan like let me just do my fast let me just pray my prayers and I had no expectations for myself last year and I kind of showed throughout the Ramadan because I'm telling you I don't think I remember what I did last Ramadan it's all a blur to me and the whole year in general is like a complete I don't know, I got sick too. So it was like a complete write-off in a sense. And this Ramadan was Ramadan. I was getting so prepared to like finally, you know, like come back into the living world and like, you know, do what I always did. Because I feel like we, I peaked in like my teen years. That was when my, you know, like my man was the highest and I took full advantage of the Ramadan. And like at that, I was so proud of myself during those years. Like I was like, you know what? If I die today, I'd be so happy. You know, that's the kind of person I was back then. And I'm always, every Ramadan that goes by, I'm like, let me just reach an iman level of that, you know, how I was back then. And this year was the year I was planning on, you know, doing the most and actually going out for all 30 days. But you can't control fate. You can't control how Qadr is, right? But also at the same time, Istahil, like... I feel like a lot of people, and myself included, I'm using this as an excuse, you know? So, like, Ramadan, the, I, I feel like the core aspects of Ramadan, like, even though, you know, it's the coronavirus and we're all trapped at home and we're all stuck, we can still practice a lot of the core issues, the uh, uh, core values about Ramadan. And the, um, yeah, you know, Tarawih is such a huge part of Ramadan and, like, you know, the, the, the aspects of the social aspects of it are so important as well. But I feel like we're using the whole, oh my God, I would have done this, I would have done that. Like, it's a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda. And we just need to move towards, okay, what am what am I going to do? This, this, There's an obstacle in my way. What's going to happen next? Because, like, you know, Allah is the best of all planners. There's always alternatives to everything. Um, um, Allah doesn't make things harder for you than you can, te- you can handle, right? So, I, in, my, in my head, like, whenever I see, like, people talking about it in that sense, like, oh, this could have, it could have been this, but it's going to end up being this instead. No, it could have been that amazing thing, and it could be this amazing thing as well, right? I'm still in, I'm still grieving, though. <laughs> I'm just yeah. letting people <laughs> But subhanAllah, like, how many Ramadans have we been through, right? And yeah. how many, if Allah wills, Ramadans will be, will we be going through in the future, you know? So oh, yeah, facts, facts, yeah. It's just, this is just one Ramadan. We need to, you know, uh, take like milk as much as we can from it, and take advantage of it as much as we can, and like still do the things like that we that we would have done outside at home. Like that, yeah. I think it's very feasible. It's going to be different, but the same way we're adapting in other aspects of our lives, of our lives. Sorry, um, with our friends, with work, with whatever it may be, we could do that for Ramadan as well. Mm-hmm. I, feel I like. think I think um, it's more like I had a plan set in place kind of thing. And now I'm just going to have to change the way, well, change 
honestly, it would be changing my perspective of Ramadan this year. And if nothing, I feel like we'll learn so many good pointers and good, uh, what do you call it, coping mechanisms or better, you know, alternatives for what we were using as a crutch. And maybe that's going to make the rest of our year even better. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's making me giggle, though? Um, all those uh, those male ulama uh, shayukh supposedly practicing individuals who would always go on about sisters go pray at home do jama'a at home do it with your kids and da 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 and now they're crying ah ma'asunkar I love it that you know you know the thing is though like for example like when sheikh say that kind of stuff I, I never used to like take it to heart because if I'm being honest I do pray at home for like the vast majority of the year like rarely do I go to well ever since i've come to canada it's very rare for me to go to the masjid in general right and so i think that's that's also why this ramadan for me personally is kind of hard because i have this like connection with the masjid that i revive every year at ramadan you know what i mean i'm not someone that goes to the masjid for like um juma prayer because of you know like it was either school or work or some reason and i i decided you know don't beat yourself over this like don't feel guilty over this and also because uh, because i'm a woman um it's not like i'm losing anything by not going to the masjid most of the time right but then i have this connection with the masjid because i was always like my family has always been connected to it in a way like i've spent the vast majority of my childhood in like literally the masjid my dad used to take me to like the men's side of the masjid for a vast majority of my life like when i was 10 and below and so for me i need that connection to the masjid every year and i would use ramadan as my excuse to you know revive that connection so and this year i feel like more than anything it's that sense that oh i'm not going to experience the masjid this year but then i'm going to have to you know maybe incorporate it into the rest of my life throughout the year Uh, i feel like so uh like i said before this is the first time my family's here so when i've usually what i did during ramadan was always like be with my family like my cousins and stuff and then i'd always go to taraweeh and i'd always see my friends there from the masjid and people from the community all the time so i feel like that's something that i kind of got used to and has become the norm for me compared to the uae where um like, we did go to Tanawih and stuff, but we don't really know people at the masjid, so it's, like, in and out. So I've kind of developed different habits while I was here. So I'm definitely going to miss going to the masjid, but I, like, I, th- I think I've come to terms with it so far. Like, I've come to terms with a lot of things during these times, so I'm kind of used to being at home. And I feel like even in the, like, sometimes when I wasn't able to go to the masjid, I did pray Tanawih. But, um, yeah, I feel like getting used to praying at home is going to be something that like I've already kind of done it's going to be different praying like all the salahs at home and all tarawih and tahajjud when that comes but um I don't know I think I think it'll be great like I feel like it's different you know I feel like we've gotten used like there have been hadiths right about um the prophet not always leading people in tarawih to show the people that it's not he didn't want to make people think it was obligatory on us to pray it all the time and so like it shows people that it's not always about going to the masjid and praying taraweeh every single night kind of and then being at home with your family and kind of praying taraweeh together i think it'll be different i'm hoping it'll be like good different i don't really know hoping for the best yeah taraweeh in the end of the day is like a sunnah yeah like it's not if the if you can't pray wajib okay like if you can't pray wajib salahs and yeah. obliga- you can't pray your five salads in the masjid. Forget about taraweeh. Like, it's sunnah. And, and yeah. Everybody. I mean, I think it was everything that came with it. You know, like, seeing the people. Like, I feel like it was more than just a taraweeh. At least for me. It was about, like, mm-hmm. leaving, the vibes, going to the masjid, everybody being there. You know? 
mm-hmm. getting in the mindset yeah. that you're going to literally you're leaving your house to do ibadah. Yeah, so I feel like it was more than just tarawih because yeah, sure we could pray tarawih at home, but it was like everything else that came with it that we really mm-hmm. liked. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how we cope with you know doing everything at home and being at home and you know not really going to iftar parties you know not really you know <laughs> zoom iftar party parties pending <laughs> okay so how are you guys what are you guys doing to get in the mind space for this ramadan like how do you usually prepare for it and what's why is it different this year uh i feel like i usually i feel like i'm usually excited for it i don't really prepare for it and then once it comes i'm like okay this is what i want to do this is what i want to do for this ramadan like there because like because of quarantine there are so many online like halqas and lectures and conferences and seminars going on that i guess obviously has been like something great to come out of this so i've i've joined a few and i feel like it definitely inspired me to kind of start preparing for it so i joined this one halqa that was like ramadan how to prepare for it and stuff and like hearing mm-hmm. everyone else's goals and like kind of being able to set my own goals while listening to it i was super inspired so like I've decided okay whatever I want to do why don't I start now like why do I need to wait till the first day of Ramadan to like do what I want to do you know what I mean and usually mm-hmm. that's what I do I wait for the first day and then you know obviously it takes a couple of days to like get the routine in you know so I was like why don't I just start now I'm home all the time anyways you know if I want to start like mm-hmm. praying qiyam I'm literally up until fajr anyways like why don't I just pray now not much is changing yeah so I'm like why don't I just kind of get started now and then continue as it goes on so that's kind of what I'm trying to do I'm trying to like whatever my goals are to kind of start now also um I want to like I know we always I, I think every time we do it I'm alone episode or whatever we always talk about like setting tangible goals and not being like you know setting crazy unrealistic goals so i just want to set like things that i want to do that are tangible and things that like are small but like you know like the what is how do you think the act that is consistent so i want to be able to do things and be consistent with them and really be consistent with them after ramadan cuz honestly i can't look back and be like oh i started something last ramadan and i stuck with it So I really want to like at least do a few things, make the intention to do it for all Ramadan so that even if I don't do it, I had the intention mm-hmm. so I get the reward for it. But like things like that. So I want to do small things and be super consistent with them. And then I want to start yeah. now. So that's kind of like where I am. How about you, Hafsa? I think like I ignore what you said is actually like I'm thinking a bit about it, but for me like the way that I usually go about it is I know if my Ramadan is going to be productive or not if I plan for it well in advance. So like if I go into Ramadan um you know just like any I would the way I would go to go into any regular month I know that Ramadan is going to be um I wouldn't have used the best my time the best way basically. So if I before Ramadan sit down um even a week before like plan what I'm going to do um you know schedule in how I'm going to spend my days based on my work schedule how I'm going to spend time with family based on my the days that I have off um what days I'm going to like do cuz i i usually don't do both tarawih uh, and tarawih since i've left the emirates i usually mm-hmm. choose one or the other so um you know what days i'm going to am i going to do tarawih what, what days i'm going to do tajin? like all that is going to be like if i plan it all well before ramadan i usually like really do well the only thing now is like there's a hiccup because of i'm i live alone and i do have a friend who's you know cuz we're both on our own we decided we want to do ramadan together so she's going to come and stay with me and we'll like kind of you know 
I'll, I'll take advantage of that and use that to hold each other accountable mm-hmm. for the month. But in order, like, for me to get through the month and like know that I've used my month properly, I have to plan for it. And that's literally how I go about my life in general. Like, if I want to take advantage of something, I need to plan for it well in advance. Um, mm-hmm. Will I stick with that plan? Allahu a'lam. I'm a procrastinator. I'm a little bit lazy. But hopefully, like, you know, by taking advantage of, like, my accountability buddy, um, I'll be able to do that, inshallah. Mm. Um, for me, this, is, this Ramadan is truly highlighting all my flaws because I am the worst planner. I don't plan, like, when I plan stuff, I plan in generals, in broad <laughs> that, You know what the problem is? I'm the exact opposite. I'm the best planner, but do I follow worst through? Executor. That's the question. That's exactly, but that's the thing. That's exactly why I don't plan because it. I can't live with myself if I plan something and don't follow through. So I am, a, you know, like, for my own mental health, I plan in, in general. You know, like, I do general, broad plans, like, <laughs> for Ramadan especially, this is how I've lived for the past 25 plus years of my life, literally, for Ramadan, I'll be like, oh, Ramadan's coming, I leave it all to the masjid, and, like, whatever falls, wherever it falls, it falls, you know, kind of thing, so it's like, I would do my most, um, I guess, my most active worship when I go to the masjid, so I'd go to the masjid early, you know, like, pray my Isha, pray my Taraweeh, read my Quran at the same time, then pray Tahajjud, and then come home, and so I spent a large chunk of my night in worship, right? But then that's literally because I rely on the masjid, and now, because I don't have that, I'm gonna have to, you know, work on my flaws, and actually plan and do that at home, and like, put structured timings at home, and put, you know, like, make a space for myself so that yeah. I guess the hardest part during this Ramadan is because every single day is the same. Yeah. <laughs> like literally every single day has the same routine. Every day is not much different. You know, the weekends are the same. So how am I going to make it seem like Ramadan at home? Like just I'm fasting now too, you know, and it's not much different. So how am I going to, you know, like bring that in, that feeling I have when I'm in the masjid and doing all that, like that sense of peace to my house, to our home, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be my biggest struggle for this Ramadan. And to do that, we're trying to, I guess, redecorate our house a bit, find, you know, like, wash the biggest salli in the house so that we all have to pray together, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And those are those are little mm-hmm. changes that we're doing at home. That's nice. That's nice, though. Like, at least it's, like, a family effort. Yeah. We're all here. So, like, yeah, the thing is, if we all decide to do things solo like we usually do, nobody's going to do anything. So, at this point, at least, if I tell my dad or, like, tell my mom and be like, you know, we have to pray taraweeh together. Here's the biggest salli. You guys have no excuse. Yeah, so then, true. You know, everyone's... If you don't show up, everyone knows you're literally in another part of the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the great thing is, though, is, like, we can still do taraweeh at home. We can still do tahajjud at home. And it still counts for something. And, like, I know we were, we were reading into it, Istahel, before we started recording about, like, how to do um, uh, taraweeh at home. And it's crazy. There's actually, like, a wiki how... <laughs> <laughs> there's with, a wiki how about with all the steps about how to pray taraweeh at home and it's like the cutest thing ever like their little images and pictures they're so adorable i love it like from the beginning from like intention and wudu all the way to the it's amazing um and then there's also like um a muslimmatters.org article about guiding um ha- on praying uh taraweeh at home mm-hmm. and there's even they answer questions like oh, can you hold the mushaf while you're um, praying? You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, I think three out of the four madhabs are okay with it. And then, which which madhab wasn't okay with it, Istahil? It was Was the the Hanafi, Hanafi, yeah. That's crazy, though, that a lot Um, of people are looking this up because I feel like if you're someone who some, like, 20% of your time prayed Taraweeh at home, a lot of these things you already know. 
right? Yeah, like yeah. and but a lot of you know, I also pray tarawih at home. Like it's not like every Ramadan I, mm-hmm. I had every day I had to chat. But you know the option, the option is gone. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. There's something about being told you have to versus being told you can. You know. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. also some days I wasn't like confident in my own attention span. Like I'm like, oh my god, I'm only gonna pray four rakats and then I'm gonna, you know, like like I had no faith in my own self. So if I went to the masjid, it's like. You just keep going, you know. You keep doing more acts of worship because you're already in a place, you know. You're in Ilah's home, so you just keep doing more acts of worship. I think that's the most important thing for me. Yeah, I was like uh, when I was in that halaqa that I was talking about how to prepare for Ramadan. It was really interesting because like a lot of people, there were a few people who were saying like, oh, like adjusting to praying at home is going to be quite hard because you know like everyone's so used to going to the masjid and praying. But then there was a mother in there that was like, oh, like it's going to be really like she she had to pray at home because she has younger kids and like it's the norm. And then she was kind of giving us like tips and what she did. And it's interesting that like there are pe- like we're I mean like. We're all like, oh my gosh, no masjid. But there are people who really just weren't, didn't have the privilege of going to the masjid in the first place because of responsibilities or even work or whatever the reason was. So I don't know. It's just interesting to like, com- like different perspectives. Thing, day, what is what do they say? Like you, you every dog has his day or something. I think that was like a really old proverb. But <laughs> <laughs> my mom says that all the time. What did he say? <laughs> I know it's like a really old it's a adult what do you call it a proverb every dog has its day as in like today you'll have your day tomorrow someone else is gonna have their day yes I don't know I thought it was interesting because like a lot of people are like oh my gosh it's gonna be so hard and then just hearing from people who like that's their norm like they haven't been able to just because they've had younger kids and it's difficult um to go to the masjid it's like oh wow yeah. mm-hmm. this that's- is every day for us so I know like outside of Ramadan, we all have like ways that we're coping in terms of work and our friendship groups and everything. But like since we're not having any more of these like iftar parties or Islamic events and you're not thinking about tarawih and you're not going to see people on Eid, like is there any special things that you're doing to stay in touch? To connect with people? I didn't even think about that far ahead. That's how you know I'm mm. a horrible planner. What do you mean? Like, like contacting yeah. people and stuff? She means how are you can stay social in Ramadan, you know, like how are you gonna connect with people this Ramadan, uh, right? I mean, personally, I think I connect with people too much, so I'm probably gonna have to tone it down. <laughs> that's that's what I'm gonna be doing because I'm doing a little too much socializing because of all my free time. So I guess my my goal is to kind of reduce the amount of time I'm doing that, just because I want to like do yeah. more product, be more productive with my time. But I guess mm-hmm. yeah, that's not a problem for me. I'm gonna have to do the opposite. Well, I'm I'm doing like uh, I still have my duxi and I still have a lot of you know like online classes like Kran was talking about. So uh, I don't know. During Ramadan, we just usually watch video- lectures and videos, and that's what we do. And like mm-hmm. when we're socializing and doing iftar parties, that's not gonna happen. So mm-hmm. just Facetime people if you want to talk to them, I guess. But yeah, I guess isn't that kind of like like you said like that's kind of already what people have started doing. Like there's so mm-hmm. many halakas going around on Zoom and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, house party has come back. I wonder if people are going to start using house party Islamically. That's going to be really Girl. Um, Girl. House party has come back. Um, soon enough, people are Instagram live every single night. There's like five to ten lives. Um, I've actually seen people talk about uh, iftar Instagram lives or Zoom. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to work. Too. But I've seen suhoor parties. Wow. So like, what would it be? Like a halaqa before suhoor? That would be really interesting. I, I really am looking forward to watching how people adapt to this because it's going to be really cool. 
Um, but yeah, no, we'll see, inshallah. Hopefully, you know, I, I feel like people are getting really creative right now. So that's cool. One thing that I've actually never done and I'm looking forward to doing this month is like actually using a Ramadan planner. There's so many of them circulating and they're all so cute and adorable. But I really like the one from uh, Islamic Relief. Have you guys seen it? Uh, I think yes. you've definitely seen it. I sent it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, it's so adorable. It like um, it has a bit in the beginning where you make the Ramadan pledge of intention. I love it. Why are you laughing? I feel like you're laughing at it. It's, it's, it's the word. So, it's the word it's, choice. It's like the idea of it. Like I like. Here's my thing. Okay. Normally, in any other circumstances, in any in any other circumstance, I think this is super corny. Okay. But, like, the idea of it, like, when you really think about it, like, making, like, actually, like, why is it corny? Like, making a pledge to Allah that you're going to take advantage of this Ramadan properly, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, like, signing it, like, it, it feels, like, more official. Yeah. It feels like, you know, a legal document. So, you know, saying things in your heart, it's amazing, you know? But, like, putting that to paper and, like, making a promise like that, it's, it's, it, it feels more concrete, concrete, you know? Yeah, and I more feel like it creates accountability in a sense to yourself. Yeah, it does. It does. Cause you look at it, like you'll see it, it's in front mm-hmm. of you, you know? And like, um, about the, like this plan, it has little bits and pieces about like regular du'as and ayat and all that stuff. But my favorite bits are like the, um, there's a bit like a bad habit breaker page where you write like, okay, what are the habits that you have that you want to work on and improve? And then how are you going to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And then like every day there's a daily, and then you put like little bits about long-term and short-term goals for Ramadan. So like, you know how we always talk about, okay, what what are the things I want to improve on during this Ramadan? And then you're like, okay, over this month, I'm going to you know, achieve one, two, three goals, like read the Quran once or twice or however many times, um, pray Salah every night, whatever. And then the next uh, bit, long-term goals are like how to sustain that over the year, basically. Mm-hmm. So that, that that was really cool. And, um, and then there's a daily bit. So like every single day you document, like there's a prayer tracker. So you check like what prayers you pray, the sunnah you pray, Tarawih, you pray the qiyam, you pay, you pray, um, and then there's a Quran tracker where you write the verses, surahs, um, chapters that you either recited or memorized, and then there's a daily checklist. This is this is the part I thought was actually one of the cutest bits, a daily checklist for like little acts you could do, so like giving charity, smiling at someone, um, feeding a hungry person, asking Allah for forgiveness, like little things and little acts that you actually plan to do for that day mm-hmm. as opposed to just coming across them and doing them i love Honestly, that. So that was really nice. this works so well for someone like me because it takes all the thinking out of it and it's like yeah you know here's what you can do. even the bare minimum if you just do this at a bare minimum imagine the amount of edge you're gaining through ramadan every time you finish a page of this exactly exactly it's like it's literally like setting up the kind of like the bare minimum for you and then when you do all this and you check all this it kind of inspires you to like do more so like at the bottom of the page there's two parts where there's like reflections and gems and your goals for the day and then the reflection and gems you fill that out at the end of the day like and you kind of reflect on how you did on that day if you know you're productive if you gained um from all the things that you've done and all that stuff and your goals so the practical goals that you set before Ramadan to talk about them a bit more so anyways I love this planner it's so cute please make the ad that we all actually use it because again Hafs is lazy. <laughs> Am I going to pull this out every single day and fill it in? I hope so. But um, I'll, I'll ask you it out and chat if you did or not. Honestly, we need to. We'll lie, but I, I'm honest. Hopefully, hopefully, inshallah, 
every day fill this out get it done i think you should and i'm trying to figure out the best time to do it though of the day what do you mean oh like at night when do yeah do it at night. when you do your eat your suhoor you finish this and start the next day yeah well yeah suhoor time right yeah i'm so excited to use it like i printed it out and kind of made it into a booklet so i'm excited so excited to use it because i've always come across these things like kind of every ramadan but i'm like i don't know how people use it digitally i never had the incentive to do it yeah either. like i think yeah, yeah i think maybe the added factor that we really like are trying to fill our time now because we're at home like yeah. i don't have work i don't have to like really leave i don't have anything to distract me so it's really like 24 hours a day and i have to allocate different things so i think it's like a fun thing to like kind of do and i like checking things off like i like actively making checklists just so that i can check check it off and be like okay i did it so i've just never felt the need to do it for this because it's like a digital document and it's hard to like fill it in um, but like now that I've printed it and kind of made it into a booklet, I think it's gonna be really fun to use. And yeah, I'm super excited to use it. We'll we'll probably have, oh my god, we'll probably have the link to the documents in our um, description. There's so many of them. Well, there, I think I found like three separate ones. But there's so many online. Like if you do a really quick cool Google search, there's like a million of them that are posted online. So just take a look and and choose the one that you yeah. like. We'll probably post our favorites um in our episode description and you guys can take a look at those inshallah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about planning and we're also been talking about connecting this Ramadan, right? So we thought we would do start our first of one Ramadan book club and this year we decided to focus on The Sealed Nectar, which is the biography of the Prophet We've been putting off reading this book for a while, so we thought this would be the perfect year to take advantage of that. The way we're going to do this is mostly uh, we're going to be dividing the book into four and reading a segment each week. And then once the week is over on a Thursday, we'll be doing a live and discussing cliff notes and the summary of what we've read as well as reflecting on the important lessons we've learned that week and by live we mean zoom meeting <laughs> yeah. yeah not instagram live it would Allah, be a zoom instagram meeting, live yeah. that would actually be hilarious we're gonna make a google form where you guys can sign up um and follow once we get all the registration and the contact details we'll email you guys the zoom link following shortly (laughs) (laughs) we'll email you guys the zoom link yeah like i think the way zoom works is you can actually like set up pre-set up meetings so we'll probably just send all the zoom links for all the meetings in one email that would make the most Mm -hmm. sense so if you're interested in joining the book club to read the prophet's biography just look at the google form and sign up for that good news is is that there's so many pdf formats of the sealed nectar out there and also even better for you kindle users is that it's available on kindle unlimited for you to download for free if you're subscribed of course Mm -hmm. because nothing in this world is free but um yeah so get your kindles out get your um hard copies out get your uh e-copies or pdf whatever readers out and inshallah let's all get on this together it's gonna be fun Obviously, we'll have uh, a copy of the Sealed Nectar in our description as well. Or if you don't have it, just let us know and we'll send mm-hmm. it to you. Um, and lastly, before we head off, guys, we want to give you an update about um, the fundraising we usually do. So as you guys remember, every single year we fundraise for um, kids to go to school in Somalia. Um, this year, because of all the corona 
issues and pandemic and outbreak and lockdowns that are going on, we've decided to put a hold on raising money for the kids to go to school because they aren't going to school yet and there's a bit uncertainty regarding that. We will, inshallah, fundraise for them later um, in the summer probably, um, but for now we're going to hold off. What we will be doing instead this Ramadan is... Um, basically sharing with you our favorite charities um each week um that we release these um one or three date episodes inshallah and you guys feel free to donate to these charities these are charities run by people that we um have vetted or know uh of personally or you know have um access to so hopefully inshallah they're all reliable charities that you guys can all donate to the first one we want to um or the first two that we want to um, announce today inshallah are two fundraising uh, charities for um supplies and uh equipment um to help with the covid crisis in somalia and somaliland both gofundme pages will be put in the description of this episode inshallah so um read about it look at what's going on in somalia we all live privileged lives here in these western countries you hear about the ventilator shortages okay there are no ventilators in somalia so we want to help out as best as we can with whatever we can do because this thing is hitting them now and it's going to be hitting them hard yeah so donate your money that's all (laughs) that's all folks (laughs) thank you for tuning in and as always feel free to continue the conversation uh, feel free to continue the conversation um, to add to it on um, by emailing us at abuanchronicles at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for any of the things we mentioned earlier, or if you have any recommendations in terms of charities, please email them to us. Also, if you want to DM us on Twitter or Instagram, or just add us uh, or um, reply to this on Twitter, inshallah. And of course, as always, um, for confidentiality's sake, we do have Curious Cat send us messages on there too inshallah nice talking to y'all assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and that's a wrap